Last time on Cursebreaker. Tonberry is making his last stand. We revealed the truth about the corrupted judge, and with no options left, he fled for the Fountain of Magic. We weren't about to let that happen. Tonberry used every spell in the book to bust out of the courtroom and make his way across the lake to the fountain, fending off the best efforts the party had at every turn. But he was alone, and we weren't. The party headed him off, and Uli felt herself drawn to the fountain. She's now glowing with the fountain's power, facing down Tonberry's curse. Let's end this. So all of you are at the top of the tower. Um, Uli, at your feet is the not moving body of Tonberry. Oh, I dropped him? Yes, and standing in front of you <clears throat> is the curse that resided in Tonberry. It's made of the same material as you right now. Also coming up the tower uh, on a floating bridge is uh, Margot, Veronica, and Holly. And they have begun the first step, uh, bait the curse. Um, they have invoked the first part of their um, curse-breaking ritual. Uh, Holly, you're being a helps to your feet um, on the floating bridge by Veronica and Margot. They both have an arm extended towards the curse creature, and Veronica just says, Step one, bait the curse. And... Uh, she begins uh, kind of the same effect that Uli has, actually, where her skin begins to steam and glow uh, with these little droplets forming on it that are starting to lift away. And at the same time, uh, Margot is undergoing the same transformation. Holly um, grabs them by the arms uh, and kind of staggers, steps to her feet um, from falling. And she's like, how can I help? Veronica kind of wastes no time and she says, stay out of the way. Um, Holly nods and just takes a step back behind them. Um, and just looks around for anything else she can do. Um, the curse standing in front of you, Uli, uh, its face, uh, facial features look much like Tonberry's. Uh, it's got uh, these demonic curled horns and these two large bat wings uh, that kind of outstretch. And uh, it stares you dead in the eyes, Uli, and says, Such a pity. You would have been perfect. I don't like following orders. The curse peels its attention away from you for a second as it sees uh, Margot and Veronica starting their ritual, and it just kind of, like, hisses at them. Um, and uh, it, it seems that whatever they're doing is having an effect on this thing, and it kind of loses its cool for a second. Is it just a being of pure magic? Pretty or much. Or does it have a type of energy? Dark. Yeah, I guess it's technically necrotic energy, this whole thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, you all see it, uh, mm. okay, so it, it hisses at, uh, over towards where Holly is, and then turns around and sees Tonberry's body on the ground. It picks up Tonberry kind of by the nape of the neck, uh, like a scolded kitten, and it sort of opens its mouth wide and makes this, uh, inhaling sound, like, <sighs> and you see Tonberry's face just rapidly wither and age. And you start, to, you hear something clatter on the floor, and it's a bone from Tonsberry's leg as he slowly starts to disintegrate until he just becomes a pile of bones and falls off the edge. Ooh. Yes, we won! He jumps around a little bit. <laughs> Tonsberry is dead, everyone! Victory! You might want to hold off that celebration a bit, Snack. 
Hmm. You hear, don't get so excited. And it uh, extends a uh, long-fingered hand towards Margot and Veronica. And you hear it go, Ah, oh, crap. Mm. Um, Holly, you're kind of uh, hidden by them as they move to protect you. Veronica loses her footing and begins to fall backwards. What do you do? She doesn't really know what she's doing, but she's going to try to grab on to, like, Veronica and Margot's, like, maybe by their shoulders or, like, around their necks mm. um, as this is happening and try to just, like infuse her own magical energy like into them and give them like any energy she can provide to them to help them when you grab onto them you feel that their bodies are like hot to the touch and they're kind of quavering where they stand um you look over at Margot, and you can see that her face her skin is starting to get wrinkled um and it looks like she's almost like drying out and you start to feel it too uh Holly, you're you're sort of withering. You immediately feel exhausted and and like you've never had a drink in your life. And then you feel a sudden uh, shift in weight as you look to your right and see Veronica kind of stumbling. And then you you feel her shoulder fall away. No, Veronica. Um, and Holly tries to like grab both her hands and like grab her. Is she like disappearing completely, or is she? You reach down for Veronica's hand and you grab dust. No, you can't. You can't kill you her. You look down and see a robe flying away in the wind, and you see a few bones falling into the water below. Why? Mm-hmm. I um, I desperately try to cast animate dead. Mm. As the bones are falling and as Tonberry's bones are falling. You're, uh, you see a, a bony hand reach up towards the bottom of the tower and uh, grab onto uh, the lowest window ledge and begin scaling the side of the building, uh, followed by a smaller skeleton uh, that is also coming up towards you. Um, um, Holly falls to her knees next to Veronica's like dust pile. Um, and just is like in tears um, as she saw her friend like basically disintegrate in front of her. Um, so Holly is just like is at I'm, wit's end, I guess. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to run and knock it off of the bridge. Uh, you charge at this thing out of pure rage. And uh, to you, charging is now just flying forward at an accelerated speed. And you feel yourself pass through this thing. With, uh, with almost no resistance. You do feel a force as it kind of like shunts you off to one side. So there's, there's something to it, but it's nothing that you can't permeate. I am sort of stumbling along. As Uli passes through, I reach out a hand and cast Vampiric Touch on it. What does that do? Um, it takes 3d6 necrotic damage on a hit, so I have to roll for a hit. So it's a melee spell attack. My thought is, like, I can probably sense that it has some necrotic energy, mm-hmm. and I'm going to try and combat that with my More. own yeah. <laughs> necrotic damage and try and, like... Fire with fire. Do some damage. I don't know. Fucking natural one. <laughs> no. Do uh, uh. touch me instead. You, uh, you reach out with your vampiric touch, and uh, it kind of, like, smirks at you as you do, and uh, it just... As the energy gets close to its mouth, it just kind of leans down and eats it up. Gross. Seems to enjoy what you've done to it. Yeah. Um, 
it takes control of the situation, seeing that it's got you all against the ropes. It takes a deep breath, and you all feel yourselves being crushed and lifted. I need everyone to make a strength save. Mm. Natural 20. 17. 16. 17. 10. All right. uh, Everyone but Snack (laughs) is uh, lifted off the ground. You're not being crushed in that it's going to kill you. You're just being controlled. You're, you're lifted off the ground and kind of flailing. Where is everyone going? Are you still flying, Snack? Yeah. Okay. Snack flies up and looks at everyone kind of nervously, like, what is, what is this plan we are doing? Snack, that thing has us! Help! Uh, Help ah! Snack opens his mouth and uh, is kind of agitated with all his friends in peril and uh, casts a fire breath on the creature. Nice. This okay. is the first time he's done it, and like he gets kind of spooked by it because he didn't intend to do this, and it's happening. Okay. <laughs> All right. So deck save. Gotta be a fifteen. Yeah, I beat it. Okay. <laughs> so I think half damage or half. Yeah, it's gotta be half damage. I don't have it written down, but that makes sense. It's usually what the deck saves are for. Yeah. Ooh. Twenty-one. So ten. Okay. Um, yeah, the, uh, you see that this thing isn't invincible at that. The fire does seem to affect it in some way. It, like, shies away. You can tell that this is nothing that's gonna, you know, have it sent home. Uh, does anybody want to try anything while you're floating? You can still spellcast and that kind of stuff if you've got anything left. Um, I'm gonna do a magic missile. Okay. I see that the fire breath had an effect, and I think that maybe I can do some damage too, so I cast magic missile. Okay. Has the fountain been used up? All the magic is in Uli? No, not used up. You can still see it through the open doors. All right. Eight. Okay, yeah. That also catches its attention. Um, it's, uh, it looks like it's trying to focus on holding everybody in the air, and then uh, as if somebody was like shooting nerf darts at it, it just kind of like moves its head out of the way of these magic missiles as it's being pelted. Um, as I shoot off the magic missile, I say, Bait the curse! Snack will uh, pull out his lamp, and he... Uh, Taps it on his arm rapidly. Mm-hmm. Genie, genie, genie. Mm-hmm. Genie, you must come out. What? What's the matter? It's something very important. Oh, curse time. Uh, no. Well, yes and no. <laughs> he uh, pokes his head out a little bit and he says, What's going on? This looks bad. It is bad. But what was wonderful, genie, is I uh, cast fire from my mouth. Did yes. you? It did, yes. You'll be a dragon any day, Snack. Yes, of course. Um... Also, uh, there is there is a curse. Uh, what should I do? Ah, hmm. That that's a big boy snack. Yes, <laughs> Tibio told me to beat the curse. Right. Well, I I don't know if I can eat that. It looks awfully spiky. Genie, I am nearly a dragon. I may not need you at all in this battle. What I need from you is, what should I do? I mean, if you can um, injure it, I might be able to eat it. Wonderful. Snack, are you sure about this? I love injuring things, Genie. Do not worry. Good luck. Let me know if you need my help. Yes, of course. He uh, pops back into the lamp. Uli. What's step two? I think you can do this. You have to find its source. Uh-huh. I think we just saw its source go into the water. Mago, have we removed the gas from its source? She says, he wasn't the source. He was... He was just a vessel being used. She points inward towards the fountain. Oh. Shit. 
Oh, we gotta destroy that thing? That's gonna get us into some trouble. Snack is looking around uh, frantically. What, am I supposed to hurt the fountain? Is that what I must do? Yes, yeah, Snack, go destroy the fountain. Yes, of course. And Snack, being free, flies over to the fountain. Okay. Uh, when you get close to the fountain, um, you can see a, a sort of reflection of yourself start to form in its waters. And uh, Genie, like, pokes his head out again, and he's wearing a bib, and he's like, Oh, back for seconds. <laughs> no, this isn't for you, Genie. I must destroy the water. Humph. And he goes back in the lamp. <laughs> Is it just like a pool of liquid? There's nothing discerning. And so it's a little strange. The water here is always just this floating glob uh, in midair. Uh, the fountain is just a sort of circle of stone on the ground. Snack's eyes uh, dart between the stones and the water and uh, back and forth, back and forth. And, uh, and I shoot uh, two Eldritch Blasts at the water orb thing. 18 to hit. That hits. Second attack. 22 to hit. Also hits. 19 damage. Um, so these bolts uh, sink into the waters and uh, kind of one chasing the other. And they they sort of stop when they get into the middle of this glob. And then all of a sudden the, the glob changes colors to a deep purple. And then it lets out these two deafening radial blasts one after the other and uh you can see the stones all around the room in a fine straight line uh you seem to have cleaved the entire room uh in in two different places uh and you guys can see this uh energy and rocks just like flying out the doorway as snack you're narrowly missed by your own destruction here awesome (laughs) snack circles around flying the uh the curse it looks down towards the water and uh, you see it begin to lower a hand and then raise it with these long fingers outstretched towards the sky. But the water is freezing over and reaching up as giant thin spikes, uh, sometimes 10, 20 feet long. Oh, this old trick. <laughs> Gross. Um, can we see the source of the water like within the fountain? Like, is it... Yeah, it it's like it doesn't seem to be like coming from anywhere. There's no like wellspring here or no like pump or valve or anything. What if we drink it? The fountain? Yeah. Uh, I can't. I don't think that's an option. That's no no juice for me. <laughs> Have you even tried? Feeling thirsty? Yes. <laughs> so the the fountain's still not destroyed? No. Snack get out of there. No, this is too much fun. Snack. You come here. What? No, what I'm going to do might hurt you if you don't leave. Mm, and I fly away <laughs> a little bit. And then I cast Fireball. Um, Uli casts Fireball. This tiny glowing bead uh, flies across the area of the outer deck and in through the white doors and into the glob of water, which turns uh, bright orange like molten glass. And then it starts to expand and expand and then burst outward uh you hear the crumbling of stone and everyone outside can see the top 12 floors of the tower of magic start to lean to one side oh, and then plummet into the lake the glob is still there for Fuck. fuck's sake Uh-oh. so i just killed a million people it didn't do anything I'm sure and i am closer to death how dead am i now uh so this would two-thirds. be two-thirds mark yep uh snack is enthused and will just simply deal more damage to the <laughs> the orb okay Wow, I will try harder. And, um, yeah, I'll just do more Eldritch Blasts. 19, uh, 16, both hits? Yes. Okay. 16 damage. (laughs) Okay. Um, 
you see those same uh, those straight line cleaves coming out from this thing uh, as these uh, waves of dark purple energy come off the the water. Uh, one of them uh, slaps the curse uh, kind of right across the chest, and you all feel yourselves start to plummet. So we're all above where we were standing before. Yeah, you should be pretty much <laughs> fine. Uh, if you'll allow it, I'd like to do an arcana check to see if I know anything about how to destroy that fountain. Mm. Okay, go ahead. Uh, 11. You have seen this thing diminish before, and it was not from violent force. Uh, so Genie absorbed a lot of the magic, mm-hmm. and it did go away, so we do need to just drink it? Maybe Genie. Snack, snack! What, Bert? I think only Genie can get rid of that thing. It's our best shot anyway. Mm. I pull out the lamp again. Okay. And tap it on the fountain itself. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he uh, comes out and he says, Oh, do I get to drink after all? Uh, yeah, Bert and I discussed, and uh, <laughs> I think it's a good idea for you to drink it. Yes. Hmm, very good. Uh, are, are we not concerned about this? And he points at the curse. Oh, yes, I forgot about that. Um... I think uh, Veronica and Bingo have it. Uh, okay. <laughs> he uh, turns towards the water and uh, begins to kind of uh, hold his arms out to either side again, and he begins uh, inhaling. And uh, as this power is uh, pouring into him, you see the curse start to float towards Genie's turned back. Uh, Genie? Genie? Not now, Snack. Uh, th- I'd a... like to shoot a guiding bolt at the curse. Okay. Hey, 23. Yeah, hits him. 14 damage. Uh, what type of damage is Guiding Bolt? Radiant. You said 14? Yep. Okay. Ooh, what if Radiant's good? <laughs> uh, this uh, Guiding Bolt uh, tears a small hole through the curse as it looks up <gasps> oh. at Bert and it just hisses again and then it changes course. Bert, I point at Uli. <laughs> it, uh, it looks up at you, Bert, and it starts to go. <gasps> I float in front of him. I cast Ray of Frost. <laughs> <laughs> Great news, you have an advantage on that. That's really good that I had advantage. <laughs> it's over 20 to hit. Uh, that ought to do it. On a hit, it takes 1d8 cold damage and its speed is reduced by 10 feet. Just kidding, I'm over level 5, it's 2. Nice, uh, 15. Nice. Yeah, it uh, turns to you, Tibio, after getting hit, and now it's even slower, and uh, it's, like, trying to, like, float towards you. Uh, This thing just keeps getting its attention pulled in every different direction and can't choose who to eat first. I am so confused, too. First I attack Curse, then Orb, then we drink Orb. What are we doing? We're trying everything. (laughs) I put a hand out to prevent Uli from doing anything. (laughs) Um, I think in that moment, uh, you hear a voice shouting from far away, and it just says, Air drop attack! And uh, Dave comes falling off the bridge, <laughs> uh, holding his giant cleaver over his head. He was up there the whole time. And he uh, uh, swings down at this thing, and he misses by a country mile, but you see this uh, tight arc of wind and electricity continue to fly towards the curse. Uh, so it, again, uh, isn't you know devastating, but it catches the curse's attention and once again uh, turns away from Tibio now and is uh, chasing down towards Dave. All right, Dave! Yeah, Dave! Dave! <laughs> Didn't forget about him. Totally did not. <laughs> we this... never forget about our NPCs. No. We love them all equally. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the, the final push of this curse now. Upset that it had lost its grip on all of you, it's... Uh, 
chooses to instead go for the largest target, which yes. for it is Genie. Oh no. It's uh, Snack, you, you see it kind of standing, it's standing next to Genie, right behind him. You're in between, but it doesn't even regard you. Uh, how close is Holly to me? Um, she's probably one of the farther ones. She's still out on that bridge, which is outside of the fountain room. Snack feels as if Genie's in danger right now. Okay, yeah. Holly, give me your bag thing, please. No, no, not Toss this again. the bag, please. No. No time for uh, debate. Uh, I feel like this is a bad plan. <laughs> Holly says no. That's, that's going to kill me, <laughs> no. probably. I'm not giving you this again. Remember last time we created, ripped a hole in space time? You almost killed everybody. Mm. Sorry, John. Um, that was John growling at Hannah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. The, the curse floats up behind Genie, uh, barely paying you any attention, and grabs him by the shoulder. He spins Genie around, and Genie just says, Hey, sweet look! And the curse reels back and uh, punches Genie in the face. And Genie kind of goes sailing across the room, and then it begins to like chase him down again. Rude! Whoa! Hey, that's our Genie! Uh, and and Snack Genie is not getting back up right away as the curse is moving towards him on the ground. Um. Okay, Snack flies at the curse and tries to like hug him, but hugs air, you yeah, know, and yeah. kind of flies through. I picture Snack like does a. a a flip at, like with the momentum. Yeah. And then as he's coming up from upside down, he shoots two more Eldritch uh, blasts as okay. best as he can. Okay. <laughs> uh, 24 to hit. Yep. 11 to hit? No. Okay. 17. Uh, you've got its attention once again. Uh, it uh, turns from Janie uh, back towards you. Um, in that moment, Margot calls out, Uli, you have to drink it. I have to drink it? You have to close it. Uh, if you're sure, I guess I'll go, I'll float over there and drink the fountain that's killing me. I follow with the intention of shielding Uli from any attack. Okay. Holly, um, once she drops to the ground from the curse, she, um, starts to book it into the room and jumps across the bridge. Um, I'm just imagining it like a little gap between, it's not like fully connected because it's just like off kilter, um, for all the explosions. So she jumps over. And she runs up to Snack. Um, and this is up to Tim. I was thinking about this. So up to Tim if he's going to let me do it or not. Um, Holly opens her pack of privacy um, and pulls out um, a gold bracer made of dragon scale. <laughs> um, and she yells at Snack. She's like, I'm not giving you my pack, but I made this for you. Um, and she gives it to Snack. I knew the dragon scale armor wouldn't fit anymore, but I hope this would. Uh, Snack grabs it, spins around uh, in circles, and uh, <laughs> yes, magical girl style. <laughs> and then um, he he does like a like a spin flip thing, and uh, when he uh, comes back upright, he's wearing the bracer. Nice, okay. and it, it glints in the sunlight. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Holly. Uh, the curse looks down at you. <laughs> Large as you are, Snack, you're not even close to the size of this curse. <laughs> Um, I'm going to drink it. Okay. Yeah, uh, Uli turns her attention towards the fountain. <laughs> chuck, 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 chuck. And, uh, fountain stand. Kind of a... <laughs> as, as soon as you desire it to be so, uh, the water starts to reach out towards you again and just starts barreling into your, uh, into your collar. Uh, collar? Yeah, it's just, it's like just hitting you on your body and kind of oh, uh, absorbing it. I thought it I was you. wearing a collar. <laughs> <laughs> Snack, this uh, 
curse looks down at you and uh, winds up the same way that it just did when it knocked out Genie, mm. and it uh, throws a punch down towards you. Uh, Snack um, crouches down and holds up his bracer right in front of the punch and braces himself. Oh, yeah. bracer! Oh, that's what <laughs> <laughs> you hear this this shriek like a banshee, which actually exists in this world, banshees. But this thing shrieks as it impacts that bracer, and it starts like waving its hand around like it just broke a finger during a punch, and it like shies away from you, Snack, and it gives you another shriek and a hiss. What's wrong, little puny curse? Uh, I weren't braced for that, were you? Uh, it, like, holds up a hand as if to shield itself from you, Snack. Ah, yes. Um, Snack holds up his hand, gathering his own energy, and uh, in homage to Uli, like, punches forth with his bracer arm and tries to shoot Eldritch Blast again. Okay. Pew, pew, pew. Meanwhile, uh, 25. Yeah. <laughs> 14. Uh, so, Snack, your, uh, your eyes just go wide as your normally uh, violet and orange Eldritch Bolt uh, is now uh, a sort of bright blue with a golden halo around it that's Ooh. sort of sparkling. Oh, no, he's a divine warlock. Just like, <laughs> just like uh, Guiding Bolt, just like the moss balls back in the cave, it tears a hole in the curse. Awesome. And it sort of like shrieks and backs away from you again. Mm. Holy crap, Snack. I'm Mr. Snack now. <laughs> uh, you hear from behind you, uh, Snack. Don't. It'll kill you. Who threatens me? And I turn around quickly. Uh, Genie just kind of like drops his head back onto the stone. Genie, I'm protecting you. As you once protected me, I must protect you. Uh, you can see him kind of like losing consciousness a little bit. Mm, Bert! Bert! But Genie is dying. We must not let this happen. I think we just need to beat it back until Uli can take care of this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to drop a sacred flame on it. Okay. Do you have, like, the um, genie lamp on your person? Yeah. Um, Holly's just going to run up to Snack and be like, Snack, give me the lamp. Hurry. I fumble with it and hand it over to Holly. Um, Holly, like, opens it up by the genie puts to try to just pack. get her. No. <laughs> I was just going to jump in. Snack puts this in the pack. Um, she no. opens it up near genie so he can get sucked back inside the lamp for yeah. protection. Genie kind of, like, limply tosses a hand up and it gets, like, stuck in the lamp like a vacuum. Like, thump. And then he's like, gets sucked into it and disappears. Um, and then Holly almost puts it in her pack out of instinct, and then she's like, oh, no. Snack, uh, you're like putting distance between like the fountain and this thing, this curse, uh, by by uh, attacking it with your new uh, radiant eldritch magic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna be on the opposite side, shooting radiant magic. Okay, at him. go ahead with your sacred flame. Uh, that's a dex save. Oh, okay, for them. Uh, that is a 13. That is not good enough. All right. Oh, <laughs> double ones. Oh, oh, no. Well, oh, no. So that's a two radiant damage. <laughs> hey, at least it's radiant. It, uh, it like, shies down like it's about to die, and then it goes off, like, and then he, like, looks up, like, oh, that wasn't that bad kind of thing. Um, I'm going to keep casting Ray of Frost because okay. I'm scared to cast yeah. Chill Touch because that's necrotic damage, and I think it'll feed it. 13. That hits. It's 13, folks. I'm glad the party and all of our uh, enemies all agreed not to wear armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of 11 remember. cold damage, and its speed is reduced by 10 feet again. Okay. Uh, Uli. 
<laughs> you, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> you are becoming overwhelmed. Uh, you are no longer at risk of dying from uh, burning out or whatever was going to happen. You're now at risk of, it feels like you're going to explode. Huh. Okay. Can I use magic while I'm drinking magic? You can. <laughs> Be careful. Great. What if you only cast nice spells? Like friends. Uh, I'm start. <laughs> Double friends. Best friends. I'm gonna <laughs> flicker on and off in large reduce. I was worried, I was worried about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you guys see Uli like grow kind of like huge and then slowly shrink back down. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you start to hear this like jackhammer thumping as she's just like flickering on and off. Like her size is just rapidly like changing. You can see like, like again, not for the first time in this campaign, her like clothes are like randomly like tearing in places. And, uh, and everyone, Uli's evolving. <laughs> <laughs> you need to act now if you want to prevent this evolution. Done, 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 done. Press B. Um, which grabs the attention of the curse in a big way. It sees that this fountain, its its uh, supply, is shrinking down to almost nothing, and it starts to make its way towards the fountain. Uli, that's a cool trick. The last step is give it everything you got. <laughs> but also, we're here in this room with you. Yeah. This is the last chance any of you will have to act. Holly shits her pants. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's go. a great last stand. <laughs> Holly, as soon as Uli is done consuming the magic, the the curse will be depowered. And then we will be in danger. Anything we do in here will just not help. But then we gotta give it everything we got. It's up to Uli, it's not us. Uli, do you need us to help you? I think, I think I've got this. I'm gonna cast mage armor on Uli and then run. Uh, in one of my flickers, mm. I'm gonna cast protection from energy. On fire. Okay. Just gonna protect myself a little bit. I'd like to pop another sacred flame and then head out the door. Okay. Nat 20. Ooh. (laughs) Snack um, flies up into the air and does a flyby dragon's breath. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, He's like seen it before. Yeah. Tries it on the curse. Okay. And then we'll kind of like move out of uh, range at that point. Smaug. Uh, deck save. I don't know why I rolled. <laughs> uh, 15 this time. Ah, same thing. All right, half damage. Seven damage. The uh, curse makes its final push towards Uli as she uh, is diminishing this glob of water, which is now roughly the size of a watermelon. Um. <laughs> Wait, I do want to do something. Uh, I want to pull out my book. Mm. Write a letter to Norp. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Norp was the professor who showed you what the icy protocol security measure does in the Tower of Knowledge. Mm-hmm. Oh, was that, that Tower that? of Knowledge, not Tower yeah. of Magic? Yeah. Oh, well. Okay. Dear Norp, it's Bert. You got to get everyone out of the Tower of Magic. You probably already noticed how it half collapsed. Okay, bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the uh, curse charges towards Uli, towards this watermelon-sized glob of water hovering in the air. Uli, it comes straight for you and passes through you and reaches for the glob. Uh, no. And you see it being sucked in, swirl around for a moment, Mm. and disappear. In a good way? (laughs) (laughs) The, The sort of cold intensity of this thing's presence is completely gone. It's just quiet up here and windy. 
being that the top half of the tower got blown off. Did I do it? Make a wild magic surge. Oh, yay. Bert's holding his ears like... Like when you light a firework and it doesn't go off. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. I cast mirror image. You cast mirror image and uh, immediately this whole mezzanine is filled with, you know, 150 copies of Uli and then they all disappear in an instant. And then you're just looking at one perfect copy of you that just seems a little bit shiny as if it's made of water. And it's looking at you in the eyes with a kind of uh, a kind of wisdom that you don't have yet. I reach out slowly. It uh, mirrors your action with the opposite hand, so it's just kind of reaching out. I poke. <laughs> it gives you a poke. It stops mirroring you. It produces a small flame in its hand, and it begins to manipulate it with a lot of grace and dexterity. You see it create yet another effigy of Uli, almost like a little hologram of flame, and then it turns the flame back into a little ball and bounces it to its other hand, and then it just like opens its hands and creates a chessboard of little tiny flames. What you see this thing demonstrating is an extraordinary level of control over its magic, and it turns the flame back into a small sphere and holds it out towards you. I reach out and take it. Uh, hovering over your hands now is this tiny spherical flame, and you see it just gently pulsing with the beat of your heart. That pulsing starts to get a little erratic as you don't know what to do with this. The mirror image standing in front of you looks almost expectantly at you, and it's making you nervous. I try and mimic what it was doing. Um, you attempt to do the same thing that it was doing, but it's sloppy. Um, the little flame begins to pulsate larger and larger, and every time it does, it scares you more and more. Am I feeling panicky? Yes. Okay. Uh, fumbling for my tankard. Um, you, like, feel it on your belt? Uh, yes. You're, you grab your tankard. I pop it open. Okay. Uh, the mirror image reaches out and, like, stays your hand with the tankard. Don't use it. <laughs> yeah, so I think you, you kind of panic, right? Yeah. The flame goes out of control. And when you feel like you just need one more chance to get it all together, that you can do this if you just got one more chance, it erupts and it overtakes the tower and the water and the mirror image. Uh, everyone who's kind of away from the tower uh, sees it explode with stones being flung in every direction. Uh, you all have to kind of shield yourselves. Um, a lot of you aren't that far off away from this. Some of you are flung off of the tower onto the ice below. Mm, snacks flying around, uh, assessing the wreckage, shielding my eyes against all the smoke and dust and debris in the air. Snack, the last thing you saw was the tower exploding and a lot of your friends being knocked in different directions. You're afraid that some of them got knocked down to the ice below. You don't see Uli at all. In fact, it's not till three days later that Uli wakes up. You, uh, you awaken in a comfortable bed uh, in a stone-walled room with some morning sunlight pouring through a window. The first thing your eyes focus onto is the back of a newspaper. The headline reads, Judge Tonberry goes down in flames. Uh, the newspaper gets pulled away, and it's Bert sitting at the end of your bed. What do you think? We did it! That's great, Bert. <clears throat> what? <clears throat> Where are we? 
I'll tell you where we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a lot of you got very hurt by what happened. Uh, thankfully, few permanent injuries among you. This is the Frodo at Rivendell scene. Yes. yes. Yeah. Aragorn. Sam. Yeah. An old an old man walks in and goes, "Sorry, wrong room." How many of us have an eye patch now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All of us. Uh, yeah. Can we be wearing eye patches? Well, eye patch like, game. Oh my god! <laughs> Where are we? By uh, the way, so you're you're in the uh, infirmary here, the the sort of hospital um, in the Tower of Knowledge. Um, Margot, looking thirty years older than she was, approaches you, Uli, and says, "You're in the infirmary. You saved Tildry, Uli." Yeah, me, just. Just by myself. That sounds like something I would do. All of you. You <laughs> saved Tildry. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I mean. Um, she says, she's awake! And uh, you see uh, the rest of your party uh, not too far away uh, walk back into the room. Uh, Holly, also looking about six years older than she was. I thought you were going to say 16. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Holly's an old lady now. <laughs> I don't know. How old were you to begin with? I was 30. I don't know. I wrote it down somewhere. Holly has a really cool white streak in the front of her hair. Uh, Hell yeah. Ooh, I, was, oh, I was 32, and so now I'm 38. Okay. And yeah, I would say she got some definite gray hair going. Yep. She's got pink hair, so maybe it just, uh, yeah, just like Stacy from What Not to Wear. Yeah, Stacey that's exactly London. what I was picturing. Yeah, Stacy mm-hmm. London. She just got the yeah. white streak with the pink hair stuff. So oh. cool. Ugh. Her pink hair is natural. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Margo says... We had no idea what you were up against. We lost the fountain in the struggle, but we would have lost the city if it weren't for all of you. I can't believe I didn't recognize it was a curse holding Tonberry until it was too late. It had taken him over so thoroughly he showed none of the usual signs of struggle. It's over now. Veronica's gone, and I'll always feel her loss, but we also need to keep moving. I don't think this is over. Even though I just said it's over now. (laughs) (laughs) Holly. (laughs) Um, Holly's going to reach out a hand and just kind of pat Margo on the shoulder with condolences and, yeah, as she's talking. It's clear to me now that these curses, they use things like the fountain as gates. There's more for you to know. I'm sorry to be so abrupt about this, Uli, but now that you're awake, we need to put things in motion. I need you all to meet me in the Tower of Knowledge this evening. Aren't we there right now? Well, yeah, but also be here this evening. (laughs) Oh, sure. Okay, carry on. Is Dave there? Yeah, where's Dave? Um, Yeah, we'll say it. (laughs) Can we get, like, a rundown of what happened to all of our NPC friends while we were out for three days? Sure. Uh, <laughs> Those partial jokes. So, Bert, you uh, you read in this paper uh, what happened from everyone else's perspective. There was uh, a riot outside of the courthouse uh, in the wake of this case. Oops. Um, as soon as Tonberry uh, played his hand and just kind of essentially confessed to the city that their entire system was corrupt by taking these actions, uh, the people outside uh, began to revolt. 
um, at the same time, part of the Tower of Magic was destroyed uh, in some altercation that uh, nobody saw close enough to really know what happened there, only that Tonberry is dead. Uh, there was an out-of-towner who was there who died as well. Um, the uh, people from uh, Lamplight, Uli, uh, come to wish you well and uh, see that you're you know, alive and woken up now. Um, Bella Beaumont had received correspondence while in Lamplight that uh, Bert was going to go on trial. Being that Bella is tuned into the city of Tildry, she rounded up all of your friends there and brought them to mm. Tildry uh, to testify in your behalf. Uh, that includes Todd Pole and Go, and Bella, go. Uh, and Veronica and everyone else. <laughs> um, Dave is the first to show up. Um, just a little scuffed up from his uh, long fall off the bridge onto the tower and then blasted away <laughs> by the flames. Um, but he's uh, alive. <laughs> Singed. Singed. Uh, is Malboro still missing? Yes, okay. he's still missing. Uh, Flan is under house arrest. Uh, she's not allowed to leave where she is. Um, um, Margot Bingo took her into captivity at the beginning of that fight mm -hmm. and had her in a nesting doll. That's right. And, yes, uh, that's right. Got Henry and some of his uh, good law mages to uh, help out with detaining her in the meantime while the, uh, the whole court system is under investigation um, by essentially a rebel group at this point. Sorry, investigation. Under investigation. Um, are we going to have a... Is there a service plan for Veronica? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Margot is probably uh, keen to do that as well. Okay. Are you done with your recap? Uh, yeah. Where's Ilya? <laughs> oh, that's right. Sorry, I wanted to cover uh, Ilya and Ulrich. Um, okay. So uh, they show up, um, not first, but eventually, <laughs> uh, to speak with you. And, um, Ilya is sort of speechless when she walks into the room. Hey. Hey. Listen, I'm I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry I flipped out, and I'm sorry I walked away. I just, I did need to clear my head, and and you are kind of an ass sometimes. But, so are you. Yeah. Tidio smacks Uli on the arm. <laughs> I was like, be nice. <laughs> but He does not say that. <laughs> I think the case went well, right? All things considered. Yeah, yeah we won. Yeah, thank, thanks for showing up. Yeah. Sorry I, uh, sorry I bailed on you to begin with. Yeah. Anyway, er, uh, Ulrich is here too. Say, Ilya. Hmm? You have something of mine. Did you use it? Uh, oh, no. I figured out what it was, and who gave you this? I found it. And I want it back. All right, have a nice life. What is it? Uh, she hands back the Wand of Disintegration. Oh, right. The only thing I think of was the rock that's <laughs> now at the bottom of the lake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's still down there. For the last three days, Snack has been going around with his dozen <laughs> rod, swimming around trying to find yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I can locate your hawk rock. Uh, you should have told me that three days ago, Bert. <laughs> <laughs> you just come back and you're, like, completely soaked. <laughs> uh, I point the wand quickly a couple times in the hospital and it seems like the right one and I put it back <laughs> yeah there's Sorry, like I'm a sweating a little bit there's like a nurse walking by kind of like eyeing you like what does he have you have nothing to worry about if you don't start anything <laughs> what do you have a knife <laughs> no <laughs> uh, that's good podcast <laughs>
Ulrich, uh, Ulrich looks at you and says, uh, Willie, I'm glad you're feeling better. Listen, there's, there's no better time to strike. The whole city is shifted in our favor right now. If we rise up... Where have you been the last three days? That's what I'm saying. It's in a state of unrest that nobody trusts the courts. Nobody trusts the inner city. This is the perfect time for the people to rise up. The farmers, the real people. Yeah. Yeah, hey, I'm kind of done overthrowing governments right now. Ulrich, what are you going to overthrow? There, There is no government left or barely scraps of one. I mean, it's just take it over. Just start doing it. There's nothing to overthrow. What, what happened to the plan? We were going to take Flan and... And, and right? It's it's over. We already took Flan. Yeah, you're good. Just start governing. <laughs> no, but we were going to crack some skulls and really show them what's what. Yes. yes. That happened. The whole tower cracked. Sorry, pal. You're going to have to stick to breaking metaphorical skulls. Skulls of bureaucracy. He kind of looks deflated. He says, eh, this isn't what I signed up for. Figuring out what to do after. That's the hard part, pal. Wait. So you're saying I've got to lead and help people? If you do not want to lead, Ulrich, you must find someone who will. Mm. There is a power vacuum right now. Maybe it's a good time to start a council of the people? Or have an election? I think having many voices to make decisions for the people. Uh, You see a little bit of the the fire fade out of him, but at the same time you see a sort of uh, sense of duty set into him. And he says, yeah... I think you're right. We gotta rebuild. I may just be a small dragon, but what I have seen... You have done this already. You have organized many, many people, all oriented towards violence and and destruction. You have this gift. You, you organized already. You've done the hard part before. Yeah. Maybe I can organize people to create new zoning laws, you know? Um, yeah. Is that what we were seeing? Yeah. yeah. All right, good. Okay. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you already have tons of experience wrangling all of us kids. That I do. Well, I wish you good recovery. And he, like, slaps you, like, way too hard on the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. And, uh, hey, maybe you'll be around for the reunion this year, huh? Mmm. Sure. I'll think about it. Oh, well, I'll see you. A reunion? Uh, like yeah. a family reunion? Yeah. Oh, we must go. All, all of the nisses. It's a lot of socializing. Yeah, maybe. Um, on that note, uh, does anybody have anything else before this evening? Um, Holly would just like to get with Margot about planning a service for Veronica. Yeah, she she agrees that um, that Veronica is, is due a service. Uh, she makes a note that um, all of her friends from Lamplight are, are here in Tildry now, and so sooner rather than later uh, might be best. She suggests doing it uh, even tomorrow. Okay. Um, but tonight there are other matters at hand. She asks you all to meet her in the basement of the Tower of Knowledge. Uh, Bert this place is nothing special. I mean, you know, sometimes young knowledge students will come here to make out and get away from the mm-hmm. prying eyes of the professors. There's some vending machines. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, nothing really to write home about. Margot is with Ben when she meets with the five of you. They lead you from the Tower of Knowledge into the basement, and they stop over a decorative uh, circular seal in the floor. And uh, they look up at all of you and say... Um, 
this is a bit of a secret that I suppose you're all a part of now, if that's okay. Yeah, what is it? I love secrets. Absolutely. Are you going to teach us about curse breaking? Uh, Ben Blank looks up and says, you better believe it. Are the tattoos mandatory? Mario says, yes. And they both Ooh. like push down at the same time. And you see that seal in the floor sink down just an inch. And then it starts to slowly spin. And as it does, it turns into a spiral staircase as parts of it sort of descend away. <laughs> cool. Bert, wow. Sick. Bert, you have lived your life in the Tower of Knowledge. You have seen every nook and cranny and every door. You had no idea this was here. I don't believe it. This was here the whole time? You can smell like musty damp air come up from down there and you can feel this like cold wind (laughs) they lead you down the spiral staircase um you can see just a few candles burning here based on how far down you've gone since you've entered the tower of knowledge you can tell that you're not far above the water in fact there are places where you can look through little grates in the floor here and see uh the uh, uh tumultuous surface of the lake below you you also see a couple flickering candles uh, placed next to a portrait of Veronica. Margot says, First of all, I believe you should all be uh, rewarded as best we can with things that will, you know, help your journey, not just money. To be frank, we don't have any money to reward you with. <laughs> um, Holly, we recovered this material from the wreckage of the Tower of Magic. Some, uh, Scraps of cloth there were imbued with whatever was in that fountain. She uh, hands you a tiny spool of thread. She says, It seems to respond to the will of the crafter. Is it safe to use? It's stable. Mm. We haven't had anything go wrong with it yet. Well, thank you for thinking of me. Uh, Tibio. Yes. I believe Veronica would want you to have this. And uh, she gives you Veronica's robe. Mm. And uh, wrapped inside it is a long bone. It's Veronica's radius, part of her arm. Cool. I hold it up. I, I put the robe on, and then I hold up the bone, and I walk away. I, I like, distractedly start walking away, and they go, oh, oh, thank you, Marco. Thank you so much. And then I, I walk away and look at this bone. Snack. Hmm. This is something that we usually give to those who uh, spend a great many years in service to the city. This is something for heroes. And she uh, unfurls a uh, a tabard um, that displays the sigil of Tildry. It's uh, uh, three overlapping triangles. So Snack uh, accepts this uh, piece of cloth and um, starts putting his arm in through it and is looking around nervously. (laughs) Thank you. She gives you a smile and she says, anyone in Tildry who sees you wearing that would give you the utmost respect. I promise you. Holly um, helps pull it off of him and straighten it and put it on his head the right way. (laughs) (laughs) That means you're a knight of Tildry now, Mr. Snack. This is good. I can use this. (laughs) Well, um, thank you. Something else I thought you might appreciate, Snack. Uh, we managed to recover this from the courtroom. And uh, she hands you Tonberry's gavel. <laughs> she says, be careful with this. It's exceptionally powerful. And you have to promise me that you're not going to summon anyone who doesn't know they're going to be summoned. Okay? That's not okay to do. How? Of course I would. Uh, de- definitely never. 
do Bert, that. Bert's hand is just buried. <laughs> or head is buried in his hand. Why does Snack keep getting the weirdest, <clears throat> wackest, most dangerous shit? Uh, can, can I go get a stamp? Mm. Oh, summon your allies. That's yeah. pretty dope, actually. And, um, Bert, I've got this one for you over here, bud. Lay it on me, Ben. This here's my baby. And he uh, turns around. No. And he's got no a, an uh, actual a baby. Long s- <laughs> <laughs> he's got a, a long silver case, and he snaps it open, and there's a uh, gleaming silver quill in there. And he says, "This is the silver light quill. I've only ever made one." I can't take it. This is your best work. You have to, because it's you now, Bert. There's got to be someone else on the inside here, okay? I think you all know why you're down here, right? We're going to become curse breakers. You have the choice, yes. But, Bert, you can't, you can't do this. You're not connected to the weave, not like they are. That's too bad, because I totally would have gotten a tattoo. <laughs> but yeah, I can. Can, he, can Bert still get the tattoo then? He just doesn't get the Oh, powers. yeah, I mean, we can, we'll just, yeah. Well, I mean... <laughs> We'll, we'll do you first, and then see if there's <laughs> any left over. Okay, but Bert's becoming the tattoo apprentice. Oh. Yeah, I, I, that's okay. I can make the tattoos, and someone's got to write their story, too. Uh, you'll need these as well. And uh, he shows you three little bottles of ink that he's got for you. Cool. Before we continue here, I'll just kind of go over the nitty-gritty. Um, Holly, so uh, this is a really flexible reagent. So wait, everyone else just gets their thing done, and I have to make my own magic items. That's no, I'm right. Just kidding. It's fine. <laughs> just teasing. But the flexibility. Uh, Tibio, uh, Veronica's radius. Um, I'm sorry. I'm calling it Ronnie's radius. There you go. <laughs> God. Um, it gives you a uh, sensitivity to curses and dark magic, okay. uh, which you can pick up through perception checks now, and you can kind of confirm curses at a glance. Cool. Uh, the same oh, way damn. that she could. Cool. Uh, Veronica's robe is super comfy. Next. <laughs> and cute. Um, I'm fine with that. My trench cloak was getting a little shabby. Yeah. Uh, so um, Veronica had to travel from time to time. Uh, this cloak will sustain you without food or drink for up to seven days, and then it needs to be laundered. Okay. <laughs> uh, snack. F- and snack. To you, I bestow one of Veronica's other bows. <laughs> Choose on it. <laughs> Um, the tabard is a tabard. It'll get you respected in Tildry. Um, the gavel can be used to launch yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. It can be also used to uh, summon any of your friends to your location as a bonus action. Yay! If they have a tattoo. If they have a tattoo. <laughs> oh, do we? Well, I can do tattoos now. Yeah, I think we should make it so that it's a new tattoo, just associated with the gavel, and not the Tildry <laughs> tattoo no, that can to... summon all of Tildry. I definitely want to be able to summon all of Tildry. Yeah. Any Tildry NPC you want. Yeah. So Maisie. to clarify, Maisie. can I can I summon people? No, no. In... Maisie, Maisie. Sorry. <laughs> it is it is within your ability. It may not be within the law. All right. That never yeah. mattered. <laughs> uh, Bert, uh, the Silverlight Quill can draw and resorb ink. Um, so if you need to undo a tattoo, you can also do that. Um, he gave you uh, three inks. Uh, the Ink of Ingress, uh, if you draw a line on the ground with it, uh, nobody but you can pass over that line. Hey, great. The Ink of Ether uh, suppresses magical effects and protects from magic. 
and the ink of the weave uh, stores magic in a permanent state of ready to go. That's what the curse breaker tattoos are made of. Uh, hot and ready tattoo ink. <laughs> Perfectly describes Bert <laughs> and Thomas. <laughs> Oh, man. Uli. Sorry, I was hungry. (laughs) Um, Upon interfacing with that uh, glab-o-magic, you uh, underwent a process I've called assimilation. Upon casting any spell in your vocabulary, you can roll a d20. If your roll is high enough, you are allowed to alter the shape or effect of that spell to a subtle degree. Cool. Hmm. Keyword being subtle. Subtle. The uh, the DC for that is equal to 10 plus the spell level. Okay. Uh, on the flip side of that, uh, once per day, you can roll a d20. On a 15 or higher, you can stop a magic effect that is on you. Ben Blank uh, has you all sit in a circle so he can let you in on what they know. He says, Okay. To understand curses, you have to understand magic altogether. It might sound a little dramatic, but magic is literally all around us, like flowing threads that run between everyone and everything. Most people can't see it or feel it, but some people can, and they can even pull on those threads. People like you. And he points at all of you and does this, like, handshakey thing when he gets to Bert. (laughs) (laughs) But what's at the other end of those threads? Well, as far as we've studied... It's another plane that exists in the same space as ours. That's where the actual energy comes from. These threads vibrate with that energy, and we draw on it to, well, do magic. So, then what's a curse? Well, a curse is when those threads get tangled up or torn. For example, when a wizard gets ambitious and fumbles a spell that they aren't prepared for, That could cause the threads to tangle, and when the threads tangle, it's called a curse. It's simply malfunctioning magic, like a bunch of crossed wires. But when it goes really bad, the threads can tear, and that opens up tiny holes to that other plane I mentioned. The plane of magic, if you will. There are things living on the plane of magic, and for some reason, they really enjoy being here. They latch on to people like parasites and eventually control everything that they do. That's where we come in. First, we offer something more appetizing than its host. That's our life essence. That gets the curse out in the open. Then, we use a spell of my own design, and we destroy the cursed object that it came from, whatever doorway it had to our world. And finally, we pour every last bit of magical energy that we have into a single stream of energy. Not only does that obliterate the specter, but the force of the spell mends the threads like running a comb through snarled hair. Does that make sense? The magic is real? (laughs) 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 That thing you all saw on the tower, that must have slipped through the fountain of magic at some point. So that's our new mission. Wherever these fountains are, wherever these gates exist, wherever you find cursed items, you have to close them, destroy them, and send the specters back to where they came from. They're actively wearing down our numbers. They're hunting us now. You've seen it. 
Tonberry was infected by a curse, and he came after curse breakers. They're trying to keep their doors open, and we can't let them. Are there curse breakers in other cities that have been in contact with you? Yeah, a few, but... Curse breakers, until now, were sort of a... I don't know, not a big deal. Is there any way to... I mean, just aiding in this last curse, it took my life force. Is there any way to... How much can we really help if every time we fight a curse, we age 10 or more years, you know? I, I just don't know how you guys have done it for so long. Margot says, I've never faced a curse like that. It was so much more powerful than before. Usually, we would have been able to stomp something like that up before it had a chance. If we have many curse breakers working in tandem, does that make the life force train less severe? Absolutely. Ben, run them through the spells. Uh, Benjamin Blank uh, takes his shirt off. <laughs> and Tim hands the microphone to himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> says, this first one, he points to the first big circle, he says, we call that mana flare. It allows magic to run through your body like crazy. That's what happened to Uli. It makes you exist in every plane at the same time. It connects you to magic in a way that you've never felt before, but it also kills you pretty quick. Once that's going, you can use uh, what I call Blank's Disenchant. That's right, it's my own spell. (laughs) Cool. It just suppresses magic in a small area. That's how you close the gate. And the last one, well, sometimes we just call it swinging out. You release everything you have left. Every single bit of magic that resides in you. You have to completely empty it. That's the only way to stop yourself from burning up. Margot says, You make yourself vulnerable to curses when you're in that state. Seeing what I've been through and knowing what you know now, who, if any of you, are willing to take this up? I will. I've seen what curses can do to families. Maisie and her dad. Um, and I just, I know what it feels like to have someone close to you taken away before their time. So I'm all in. And Holly steps towards, um, Bert and Ben and like holds out her arm for the tattoo. I have a question. Yeah. Why didn't I age? Mm-hmm. Because you were infused by fountain magic. You weren't doing the give the curse all you got. You were consuming. You weren't being consumed. Not in the same way. Maybe the fountain magic protected you a little bit, too. Yeah, you were connected to it in a different way. Yeah, and like this mana flare spell probably like... Or or you're conjuring that yourself, whereas the burst was coming from the fountain, rather. I guess. Would be my guess. I'm in. Snack uh, moves um, behind the spiral staircase and steps into his lamp. Okay. You step into your lamp, and um, this space has changed uh, in accordance with your change and Genie's change um, becoming larger and more powerful. This space has also become larger and more elegant. Uh, the table now is much longer. Um, you can see the um, uh, tree in the corner, the, the sprout that had... Uh, kind of grown onto the end table um, is now uh, even larger still 
um, with the uh, satisfied civilians of Tildry having seen their judge dethroned. I go up to a burlap sack full of cocoa and uh, make a hot cocoa. I just kind of breathe on a little bit and then I go over to Jeannie's door. (laughs) Um, As you're about to knock on it, uh, it's uh, thrown open by Jeannie who's wearing a, a like plush royal looking robe and he says <laughs> snack genie so good of you to stop by how can i help i i hope you are well i am you, he's like got a black eye and he's just kind of like <laughs> smiling at you <laughs> i, I kind of glance into his room a little bit just to take a peek uh you actually can't see anything into his room uh it's just sort of uh, an ethereal purplish haze there is something going on oh my friends they are all Voluntarily joining these curse breakers. I see. Snack. Curse breakers in general are decent allies. Are you a curse breaker, genie? No, I'm a curse eater. <laughs> Snack does not know if he likes spicy food. I see. Snack, you've come a long way as it is. I mean, look how big you are now. Hmm. It's okay to be afraid of things like this. It's okay if you don't want to do what they're doing, but that doesn't mean you should turn your back on them either. You can still be a part of them and not be a curse breaker. I want to become a dragon genie, and before it was just whatever young Kovald dreams of. Now that I've gotten closer, I am thinking about why. Hmm. I don't know yet if this slows my progress, so to speak, joining these curse breakers. I may think on this. When you were pursuing power for power's sake, how well did we fare? Do you remember those days traveling through the mountains, just you and I? They were lean times. Not much to eat. Not much to speak to. Not much power, really. But now... Look what's happened since we've met them. Snack, if your goal is still to become a dragon, I think that's wonderful. But they're the ones that are going to help you get there. And you, Genie, will you stay? Will we still be allies as well? We're always allies. Also, if you drop my lamp, I'm completely fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I come out of the lamp. Okay. Everybody is just staring over at the staircase, like waiting for you to like walk back towards them. <laughs> you okay there, buddy? <laughs> I come out and my cocoa sloshes all over the floor, and then I just kind of try to scoop it up a little bit and stop and just set the cup down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, it goes down one of the the floor grates into the lake below. <laughs> I don't think I can be a curse breaker yet, but I want to be with you all. That's okay, snack. You don't have to. If you change your mind, Bert, I hope you're paying attention tonight. I sure am. Very good. And, uh, Tibio, how about you? You joining up? I think that the more curse breakers there are in the world, the more chance that the world will be free of curses. Thank you, Tibio. All right. Hot damn. That's three new curse breakers. Let's do this. So is there like a secret handshake or something? <laughs> Where do you want it? Oh, I get to choose? 
Holly like looks at some different extremities and like looks over her shoulder at her butt and shakes her head. And then <laughs> um, she wants to do it on the inside of her left arm. Okay. On her bicep. Bert, you watch as Ben Blank dips his quill into the ink of the weave and uh, narrates to you while he's working. And he uh, begins to trace a circle and then a smaller one and then a smaller one all overlapping slightly and then a long line going through all three circles. And he says, uh, how about you, Tibio? Where's this going? Not a lot of room to work with. Um, I haven't put it over my heart. Cool. Tibio rips off his shirt. He's like, <laughs> Tibio is so chiseled. What the, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm ripped under there. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah yours is uh, pretty small in scale, but effective just as well. I have the body of a teenage track star. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta use a fine tip. Quill for yeah yeah <laughs> gonna bust out the the point one millimeter for this. Wait, thing. do gnomes have chest hair? Not this gnome, probably not. Yeah. I don't. All right, you've seen it done a couple times, so here you go. And he uh, hands the quill to you, Bert, and uh, points to Uli. All right, Uli, where's it going? I am covered in tattoos, so I don't know. Not much room left. <laughs> I think my right front forearm is still open. Okay. All right, natural one, and Uli bleeds here out. Here we no. go. Yeah. 12. Plus your proficiency and intelligence. Oh, great. Uh, 17. All right. Not bad. Not perfect. They're not perfect circles, um, but not bad. Is it supposed to go all the way through? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they finish up, and uh, three new curse breakers are born. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Tim, your DM and your genie. I'm Hannah, playing Holly Hyacinth. I'm Thomas. I play Engelbert F.F. Wisherspoon. I'm Tara, and I play Tibio Femur. I'm John. I play Snack the Cobalt. And I'm Maggie, playing Uli. Uli.